Tennessee baseball advances to the NCAA regional final here in Clemson as the Vols beat Clemson in a 6-5 thriller here on Saturday night in 14 innings. Ryan, the game lasted out, I think, maybe over four hours or oh, almost, well, almost five. Almost five hours. Yes. A ridiculous game that had everything you could possibly want in a baseball game. An absolute roller coaster for both teams. Tennessee is in the regional final after tonight. Yeah, it tied uh, the longest game by from an inning standpoint in, in Tennessee baseball history, and you said it, it had just about everything. Um, night fitting comeback, answers from Clemson, miraculous escapes from both teams in extra innings. Um, it was it was wild. I mean, it was a fantastic, fantastic baseball game. So many storylines to take away. Like, the storyline in regulation until, you know, through 26 outs was that Caden Grice was going to throw a complete game and Clemson was going to win because of his performance of throwing over 110 pitches. He's one out away, one pitch away from a complete game and Clemson winning 4-2, to but that ninth inning rally sparked by a Christian Moore single and then a Blake Burke single to get Grice out of the game. Clemson goes to their bullpen and Zane Denton, a three-run homer into left field, puts Tennessee ahead 5-4 to four, heading into bottom of the ninth. Thought at that point, man, Tennessee's three outs away from basically stealing this win off of one swing from Zane Denton here, but Clemson ties it up into extras we go, and then, you know, 14, or I guess five innings later into extras, the game ends. Yeah, definitely. I think one of the things that it felt like so many different games and all in one, which, you know, makes sense when you play 14 innings, but I think one thing that maybe stands out to me the most, and, you know, Zane Denton's home run to give Tennessee the lead in ninth inning was his second home run in the game. He had hit a solo home run. Two innings prior in the seventh inning, which pulled Tennessee within two. Um, but I think one of the things that stands out the most to me is after game went next extra innings, Zane Ditton was intentionally walked twice. Yeah. And, you know, people texting me or, you know, messaging me about the game, like, man, it's just demoralizing for to see Zane Ditton get, like, walked. And it was like... Two hours ago, Zane Denton was in the midst of a massive hitting slump. Like, he was struggling pretty big time going into this game, into the first couple of bats, and then all of a sudden it it just flips on the head and two huge swings from him. And and obviously, I don't even – I say obviously to play the game. I guess it still ends up being to play the game. But uh, down to his – falls behind 0-2, works back to 2-2, gets a fastball on the inside and just turns on it and – Man, it wasn't a long swing. It wasn't a daddy hack by any means, uh, but he he got just about all of it nonetheless. Yeah, he crushed it. 410 feet, right? I think that was the distance I saw, 410-foot homer. And I'll tell you what, I was actually sitting adjacent to the press box, not necessarily like in the crowd or anything. It was still up, but, you know, I could, I had a better sense of, you know, the pulse of the fans, so the Clemson faithful in Doug, Doug Kingsmore tonight. And when that ball was hit from the Clemson fa- fans, it was like a – Oh, is that going to leave? Oh, 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 it's a home run. And then after that, Ryan, you could hear a pin drop in that stadium. Just all the life sucked out of that stadium. But, of course, it all was there in the bottom of the ninth when Clemson tied it up and sent it into extra innings. We've got to talk about Tennessee's pitching here. That's one of the main storylines of this game. Only through three pitchers in 14 innings. Chase Dolander, you know, had a pretty solid start. Uh, went a little awry there at the end, giving up three-run homer in the fifth inning, uh, or the fourth, fifth inning, yeah, excuse me, as Clemson uh, put up a four spot in that inning. All four go against Chase Dolander, 
Um, but he came out when Clemson had scored three runs in that fifth inning. Then Chase Burns, man, a 99-pitch relief outing. This is the best we've seen Burns maybe since Vanderbilt. Yeah, I would say so, and I think what stands out the most about it is just how bad he was in the last time we saw him at South Carolina. I mean, he was he was horrible in that outing, and, and he turned around, and it kind of felt like, all right, here we go again. The first pitch he threw, Caden Grice lined it into left field for an RBI double, uh, but from there he was really, really good. He wasn't perfect per se, um, but he was over really, really effective. Tony Vitello said it. It was his game. He kept Tennessee within striking distance, and it felt like all that was kind of going to be for naught uh, because Caden Christ was so good, and Tennessee couldn't touch him. So it didn't feel like it was going to matter that Tennessee remained within striking distance. Obviously it did. Uh, he does give up the one run in the bottom of the ninth inning on uh, a 1-2 pitch breaking ball. He just left up a little bit, uh, and then it was an RBI double. But from there, I mean, it felt like seven or eight times. It was like, Tony Vitello needs to take him out. But – Burns just kept on churning through and kept on getting outs, and I guess that leads us to the 10th inning and what was probably his worst mistake, uh, but then I'll set the stage for him in Tennessee to do a Houdini act. thought the game was over, Ryan. I thought it was over. I mean, bases loaded, no outs. You have a, just a great opportunity to walk it off. A sack fly does it, right? Yeah. And then gets the strikeout against Blake Wright, and then the double play. Great defensive play from Tennessee's infield. Great job by Ethan Payne to yep. make the catch, stretching to make that catch as Ethan Payne came and pinch ran for Blake Burke in the ninth. So he played the rest of the game at first base for Tennessee. But yeah, that Tennessee's ability to get out of that jam, I, I thought maybe that parlay into something offensively in the 11th inning and didn't, and then Tennessee didn't even score run until the 14th. But after that, I, I felt like it was Tennessee's game to lose. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it was that, I felt that way largely because I guess Chase Dolander got two more outs the ensuing inning in the 11th. No, Chase Burns. Chase Burns, yes. yes. And then from there, it was Seth Alverson's game, and Seth Alverson was fantastic. Mowed I mean, him, him, him through him, yeah. Yeah, he only gave up one base runner uh, while recording 10 outs. So, uh, you're right. It, it, after that point, Clemson it never felt like they really threatened again. And, it, it, yeah, I mean, that was absolutely crazy. It was, uh, like I said, a, a Houdini act, and it was shades of 2019 at the – uh, North Carolina Regional, Tennessee playing uh, against Liberty. Exact same situation. I think in the ninth inning, not in extra innings, but Liberty had the bases loaded, needing one run to walk it off. Uh, nobody out, and Tennessee finds a way to get out of it, and they end up winning the game. Uh, so it was pretty incredible, and I think the thing that will – everyone on the Tennessee side of things will forget. I don't think anyone on the Clemson side of things will forget. Is that Clemson won the game. It was a yeah. It was walk off fielder. It was a walk off fielder's choice. Exactly. And uh, they reviewed it, and man, it was really, really close. And he was definitely out. I mean, you, it wasn't like, obviously, you know, they don't overturn it. They don't have uh, conclusive evidence, but it was a really, really close play. And just like that, it very easily could have been in many times since that game. But very easily, Tennessee could have lost it right there. Can you recall how many plays were overturned at first base? Two. There were three plays reviewed. Three and plays two reviewed. of them were overturned. And the, both of all, them in extras, right? All, all three. All three extra. reviews in extras. All three reviews in extras, yeah. It's wild. And, and they were all three, really the first two were so high leverage too because that was the first one. The second one was on a Dylan Dryling grounder that would have scored a run. He was called out on the, in, on the field. It was the right call. But if he wasn't, it would have scored a run. Tennessee would have taken the lead and 
I don't know what inning that would have been, 12, 12 or 13 maybe. Um, and then in the in the 14th inning, uh, that call gets overturned. and Or was that the 14th? I don't know. It's, it's late. But the Gri- Griffin Merritt uh, legged out an infield single. Yeah, single to shortstop. That was the, the 13th inning. The 13th inning. So, yeah, that one didn't end up being when Tennessee scored. But Tennessee threatened in that inning uh, because of that leadoff single. Yeah, man. Just a wild game. Definitely a wild, wild game. I saw your tweet. I don't know. I don't remember the adjective you used, but referring to this game in the Tony Vitello era as maybe the best win of his yeah era, best win or biggest win, biggest win. Yeah, I mean, I think I think best win was the adjective I used. Biggest win maybe isn't fair. And I mean, you look if you phrase it best win and you look at it, I don't really think there's hardly much really debating it because you're gonna rule out so it. many moving parts. That yeah, you had to manage. You're, you're gonna rule out. Uh, any regular season win in this case, right. especially for baseball. And I mean, you look at the great wins Tennessee had in 2021. Wright State, I mean, you beat a four seed. Don't get me, I mean, it was a huge win, but you beat a four seed. And even LSU game one win, which was a good win, Tennessee was favored to win that, and they were supposed to win that series. So uh, to me, this one truly felt like it. And I think it has the chance to be like no doubt in, hind- in hindsight because. You look at the bigger picture, and one, how hard it's going to be, what it's going to be for whoever lost that game, and now being Clemson to turn around and try to win tomorrow. Like it's especially for Clemson. Tennessee had a little bit better path because they have more pitching left than Clemson does. So it feels like it would be just a massive upset for Tennessee not to win this Clemson regional now. And then the way things are breaking for them at Auburn, where Auburn is already out, uh, Southern Miss. Uh, we'll play Sanford tomorrow in an elimination game. The four-seed pin is the team in the winner's bracket. There's no givens in baseball. There's no givens in the NCAA tournament. But that's a very favorable draw that Tennessee would get in Super Regional, potentially, likely even, at home, too. So you start looking at how the bracket is falling and breaking for Tennessee. Winning that game is the first step and probably the hardest step to taking advantage of those breaks and I think, you know, you look back and this Tennessee team finds a way to get to Omaha. Uh, it's hard not to think that's the best best win and the biggest win of the Tony Vitello era. I think that's the biggest takeaway from this game when you're just looking at it big picture because a game like this, 14 innings, and a team like Tennessee that has kind of struggled with resiliency a little bit, you know, yeah, overcoming 100%. adversity. They did tonight, for sure, and they yeah. have more so in the you know past month into the regular season here, but... Yeah, that game, it's just tough to come back from that. And I don't think Clemson's going to. They may beat Charlotte tomorrow on their home field. You know, Charlotte's not a great baseball team compared to Clemson or Tennessee, but I just don't see Clemson beating Tennessee twice at all, as Ryan said. It'd be a massive upset if Tennessee doesn't walk out of here this weekend as the regional winner. But yeah, you look ahead a little bit, man. If they lose this game, you know, it would have been a very, very small, like, gravel road to Omaha. But now... It's a wide-open four-lane, man. It's maybe an interstate because, like you said, that corresponding regional, Auburn's bounced. They were the host team. Southern Miss fighting for their season tomorrow with Sanford, who's the three. Yeah. Penn, the four seed, the Ivy League team, has to get beaten twice to lose the regional. So we could see if Tennessee just beats Clemson or Charlotte once, and if Penn can, doesn't lose twice, we could see a Penn at Tennessee Super Regional. How crazy is that? Yeah, I mean, it would be, it'd be insane. And uh yeah, I mean, it's it's a big break for Tennessee, and I think 
uh, you know, obviously a different sport, but I think a lot of Tennessee basketball fans, you know, to look back at uh, the 20, well, I guess it would be the 2018 team where, you know, Loyola, they lose to Loyola yeah. Chicago and the bracket had fallen perfect for them. They would have had to beat, I think, Nevada and Kansas State to make it to the Final Four. And uh, certainly that to a lesser degree or, or to some degree this year for Tennessee basketball to losing to Florida Atlantic. Um, so those are the ones you kick yourself on when you get the breaks to go your way. Otherwise, because so much of postseason baseball, basketball, any collegiate sport is about getting breaks. And there's a big element of luck in it. And their Tennessee has gotten some breaks, and by winning tonight, they've set themselves up in a position to capitalize. And all they have to do it, everything we just yeah, said is baseball. void if they I mean, don't beat, they exactly don't win a game the next two days. If they don't uh, beat Penn, Sanford, Southern Miss, whoever they play uh, next week, um, but certainly it it was all of a sudden there is a golden opportunity in front of Tennessee, and again, it feels like they've done the hardest part by winning tonight. Yeah, we could spend 30 minutes talking about this game, but a couple final notes I want to make about this game before we look ahead to tomorrow is the defense, man. They played outstanding. And Fantastic. Tennessee's defense has been, you know, a struggle for them a lot of times this season. But, man, it was on point tonight, specifically in the infield. And Cal Stark had a couple more plays as well. He's been great. Yeah, it felt like – I'm glad you brought it up because it's like – it felt like everything Tennessee struggled with this season, they, like, exercised tonight. You mentioned the – uh, kind of resiliency that it has. They've been better with a lot of these things. They've been better with the back half of the season, uh, but they've been better with that. But even still, how many times have they been getting faced a, a pitcher that just is dominating them? And I don't know if quits the right word, but they don't. They don't find an extra gear. And with two outs in the ninth inning, they get two hits to keep it alive. And obviously, Zane didn't makes it matter. The defense was really good. Christian Moore had some nice plays. Cal Stark caught two guys stealing. Um, the Ethan Payne with a nice stretch to get make sure they got that double play and got out of uh, got out of the tenth inning. So many things and the base running there wasn't anything crazy, uh, but he didn't make any mistakes there. And then I think maybe the the funniest part of it, or most I don't even know, most ironic, but Tony Vitello pitching decisions. So many of them have been bad this year or have cost Tennessee this have year. Have not panned out, yeah. Have not panned out. And boy, did it not feel like the Chase Burr. It felt like he was flirting with disaster. I mean, he... I, was, I told... I, I think I told Noah or maybe someone who, who I was around, maybe it was Wes, that, you know, there's going to be a fastball that one of these Clemson dudes is going to eat and just send out of the park. I'm like, it's yes. coming. It's it, coming. It, I think everybody... Walk-off solo's coming. I feel like everybody felt like it was coming, and it didn't. Leaving Chase Burns in that long... Paid dividends. He got out of the jam in the tenth inning. He was really, really good. Uh, so all those things uh, that kind of felt like were issues for Tennessee this season uh, seemingly kind of broke their way, or they performed well in tonight. Got to give uh, flowers to a couple of players here. Ethan Payne, we mentioned the great defensive play there at first to execute that double play to get out of the tenth inning, but also he had two great sack bunts on the night. <laughs> You know, best bunts we've seen out of anybody on Tennessee this season came from Ethan Payne tonight. And, you know, it's just it, it maybe was a little surprising that he's on the travel roster and that he's active for these games, given that Tennessee can only have so many active players in postseason play. But, man, did Ethan Payne come up clutch for Tennessee tonight. And also, Hunter Inslee, 0 for 6 on the night, yeah. entering the 14th inning, smacks that RBI double deep into right center, and that was the, the go-ahead was run. Yeah, it was, and... Uh, another one being Blake Burke, and yep, that's my final one. Yeah, he's been struggling. I think it was one of eight, one of his last eighteen entering to the, tonight's game. He goes three for four. Uh, you know, he didn't do anything crazy, but just uh, three singles, good pieces of hitting, went up the middle, 
on one went the other way uh, on a couple others, and uh, he was he was really really solid. And uh, I guess to that point too, you know, one of the big talking points is the fact Clemson used ten pitchers, and Tennessee only used three. Well, Tennessee used every single position player that they traveled this weekend. Every single one of them played for Tennessee tonight. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. There you go. Yeah, the 10 pitchers Clemson stat. I mean, we talk mentioning Blake Burke when we say Caden Grice was one pitch away from a complete game. Blake Burke was down 0-2 with two outs. He was the batter that Grice was one pitch away from because Christian Moore singled with only one strike. So, Blake Burke coming through there in the ninth inning, but... Clemson goes on to use 10 pitchers. That's just madness that dude got 26 outs in regulation and you have to use nine more arms after that to get through the game. But then Tennessee only uses three. That's that to me is one of the biggest stats of the night. And, you know, one of the biggest reasons Tennessee was able to win was dominant pitching. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think that's probably the biggest, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of, you, you don't win a game like that without a, a lot of different factors, but uh, I would I would point to that and said Burns keeping them in the game, getting through you know a couple very very tough high leverage situations, and then Halverson was pretty just kind of there was nothing fancy about it there was nothing really sexy about it but he was just steady and he was really good uh, and he got Tennessee to the finish line and uh, Tennessee still to, going into tomorrow hasn't used Drew Beam they haven't used Camden Sewell they haven't used AJ Russell. Kirby Canell's thrown one pitch. Yeah. Hollis Fanning didn't throw uh, too much uh, either on Friday night. So they have a lot of pitching left. Now that can become mute if you win a close or lose a close game. Excuse me. Uh, on Saturday you can burn a lot, or Sunday night you can burn a lot of your pitching. Uh, but it's certainly well set up, and, and Tennessee's pitching depth is really its greatest strength. And you know I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago that it feels like Tennessee has five or six pitchers that are pretty similarly as good. You kind of saw that tonight. Dolander throws 90 pitches, Burns throws 99, and then Halverson throws 42. Uh, three guys that they used all as long relief, or obviously Dolander started, and that's a, a true, that's uh, what I'm looking for, I don't know, gift, uh, mm-hmm. blessing, I guess is the word I'm looking yeah. for, that, that Tony Vitello and Frank Anderson have to work with. Quick question, were you surprised to see the Dolander-Burns combo given how badly it went in South Carolina? No, just because they've used it a lot. Now, I didn't think it was smart. I will say that. I didn't think it was a good decision, but... Worked out. It certainly worked out, and, you know, they've done it multiple times, and uh, so it didn't surprise me, especially after Burns didn't throw yesterday. Gotcha. Expect to see a Drew Beam-Camden-Sewell combination here on Sunday night, and then maybe A.J. Russell late. You know, if Tennessee has the game one, I'm sure you'll see A.J. Russell at some point, but if they lose, probably see A.J. Russell start on Monday. Yeah, that would that would certainly make the most sense. Uh, I would think, I I would think it'll really be for both of the next two days, pretty uh, all hands on deck unless Drew Beam goes really deep into the game. Uh, but you're right. I, I think it'll be Drew Beam and Camden Sewell tomorrow, and then again, if the game's tight, if the game Tennessee's got the game or is leading, but you know not blowing them out, I'm sure it'll largely be all hands on deck uh, to try to close things out and not not allow things to go to Monday. For all intents and purposes, I think the only three Tennessee pitchers that are completely spent for the rest of the regional are Lindsey in both chases. Halverson only threw 42 tonight. Maybe he could get you an inning. I don't know. Especially on Monday, anyway. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule out Lindsey giving Tennessee an inning if he came to Monday. And it was tight. Yeah. I just don't foresee that happening, though, too. I don't either, but that would be the one. 
it wouldn't stun me if that gotcha. he turns around and have two full days of rest and gives Tennessee a little bit if they need it. But certainly that would be a last resort and something Tennessee's not going to want to do. Talking a lot about tomorrow. Who's Tennessee going to play tomorrow? Who you got? Clemson or Charlotte? Charlotte gets Clemson coming off that wild thriller. And hardly any sleep. I mean, the game ended at 10.50 p.m. and they first pitch is at noon Eastern tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to take Clemson. They, and it's less about, you know, obviously I think Clemson's a better team than Charlotte, but it's less about that and it's more about the fact that I think Clemson's a really resilient team. Like, we saw it tonight, and that's kind of been their M.O. the back half of the season is that they just find ways to win, and they keep responding uh, even when things go poorly. So uh, I think, you know, Clemson will respond and win, but certainly Charlotte was probably, I guess Tennessee was the biggest winner tonight, but Charlotte was was a close second uh, just with how that game went and how mentally and physically taxing it was on both teams, but obviously for uh, what matters here, Clemson? I'll tell you what's a win is getting late night cookout back to back nights after baseball. Yeah, and that's what we've done the last two nights, and it's been a treat. It has been shout out cookout, best late night restaurant there is. I don't think I've ever gotten cookout before like eight p.m. in my lifetime. Um, I, I, since I've turned eighteen, since I've been like my own man, I don't yeah. think I've ever gotten cookout before eight p.m. I just always get it late. It's like my second dinner or my dinner when I didn't eat dinner. Well, yeah. Which, that was the case for us tonight. Absolutely. So, Cookout, thank you for your service here in Clemson, South Carolina. That's going to do it for this Instant Reaction Podcast here. Rocket Top Insider Press Pass, Press Pass Podcast for Ryan Shepard. I'm Jack Foster. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow night after Tennessee versus either Charlotte or Clemson here in the regional final in Clemson, South Carolina. Yeah.